Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. How we doing? Y'all look good. There we go. First service didn't get that. You're supposed to say, so do you. Bunch of rude people. And then they tried to, then they tried to like get it on the next try. And I'm like, I don't want your pity compliment. I uh, hope y'all are, I hope you're doing good. I hope you're feeling good. Um, last week, we started a, um, a series that we're calling Running in Circles. And uh, throughout the series, we're talking about some things that I think for a lot of us, maybe not all of these hit all of us, but most of us chase after things that we look for um, to fulfill us, to make us happy, and some things that we chase after, but we never quite get them because even when we do feel like we accomplish them, there's, it's kind of a moving target. And so we feel like we're kind of spinning our wheels. We're, we're running in circles like a, like, like a mouse on a wheel or like a hamster on a wheel. We we chase after these things because we think they're going to meet a need inside of us when at the end of the day we're trying to meet the need the, the wrong way. And last week we talked about comfort and how we often chase after comfort with, with things that, um, that we want, with trying to make a comfortable life, with trying to just make everything comfortable and things settling down around us and how oftentimes God will move us out of a place of comfort so that we can experience his, his comfort. And um, last Sunday was awesome, wasn't it? By the way, if you were here, it was an amazing day. Um, and so today, I want to continue. I want to continue this series by talking about um, perfection, perfection, the endless pursuit of perfection. Um, how many of you have ever been around a baby when they're learning to walk? Anybody had kids, seen a kid, watched a baby? Um, if, 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 if you've been there, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, then you can, you can picture this, this little, little baby, their head's bigger than the rest of their body, right? And they, they, they look funny already. They're out of balance. Something's out of whack. And I know what you're thinking, but my baby's cute. It's probably not. You just think that, okay? Give it a couple of years, and then, yes, we'll all agree, okay? But they've got a big head, and that's just reality. Anyway, and so if you've ever been around somebody trying to teach a little, a little baby how to, how to walk, I mean, they, they start to first pull up on things, right? They'll, they'll pull up on your pants, or they'll pull up on, like, just whatever they can find, and they'll start to stand up, and then you try to encourage them to, to start walking, right? And how many of you know that you can be in a room full of full-grown, sophisticated adults doing very intense, important financial things, but having very, very, very respectful conversation, but if a baby is in the room and tries to walk, everybody loses their mind, don't they? And so this little baby who has this, they always get this little grin on their face like they're going to do it, but then when they fall back down without doing it, you just kind of go, and then they like, gotcha. But when when a baby finally pushes themselves up, dirty diaper and all, and finally takes one little step before right back on their booty, what does everybody in the room do? Yeah, that was the best thing ever. No, it wasn't. You wouldn't even call that walking in three years. Like, that's just, he took one step and he happened to fall the right way, you know? But everybody loses their mind. Well, I think, I think as we get older, we lose a sense of what it means just to stumble our way to small victories. 
I think as we, as we get older, we forget what it's like to, to learn along the way because we decide that we can't stumble forward, but we have to walk in perfection. There's this an illusion of perfection in our culture today. This illusion that I can accomplish perfection. This illusion that I can, I can, I can be a good enough mom where I look like everything's together, right? Moms, you make a perfect lunch, send them off to school early. The lunch has a vegetable, fruit, a meat, perfectly cooked. You send them off to school, they're perfectly matched in their dress. Their socks match each other. You, you send them off, they get home, you're home, your husband gets home, you're in your apron and you've made them a perfect supper. You think you can accomplish that, don't you? You think you can be the perfect dad, perfect husband, don't you? You think you can, you can make enough? You think you can listen to your wife when she has issues and know when to speak and when not? And if you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> but you think you can be the perfect husband, don't you? That you can fix anything, that you can have, have your family secure. You think you can be the perfect person, don't you? That you cannot do those little sins that, that, that drive you crazy, that you don't get angry, that you don't have somebody pull out in front of, in front of you in traffic and, and slightly raise that one finger. You think you can get there, don't you? <laughs> Y'all don't play holy on me, okay? This is real. <laughs> but culture tells us that if we can, if we can put on this facade, if we, can, if we can do enough right things, if we can look the part, then it's going to fulfill this longing that's somewhere in, inside of us. I mean, it don't, we don't have to look far, do we? We have what appears to be perfection in our pocket. You flip on, open, open Instagram, and you'll get a ton of perfectly filtered photos to convince you that you too can have the perfect life. Open up Facebook. First, you'll get mad. Second, second you'll see ads for things that will give you the perfect skin, the perfect body, perfect muscles, we don't have to look far to find this, this facade, this idea that we can have things in order, that we can be good enough, that we can put on a good enough show, that we can earn something with the people around us. It appears possible, but then you, then you actually try, right? Have you ever had any Pinterest fails? If you don't know what Pinterest is, Pinterest is this website. You can pin things, like recipe. I don't know. I don't, I'm making it like I know what I'm talking about. But you can pin all different kind of stuff. And then a lot of times people pin recipes or crafts, and then they try to make them. So I brought some Pinterest fails. Y'all check this out, okay? This is what happened. See, like the chocolate-covered kiwi popsicle, that is what perfection looks like. And the one under it is what actually happened, right? Some of y'all have been there. Next one, Mountain Dew Penguin Cupcakes. Which, by the way, looked creepy in the top picture as well. But then somebody actually tried. They nailed it, right? This is, this is real life, people. Next one, waffle iron cookies. The top looks like something they would sell at that ice cream shop. The bottom looks like you should just throw away the waffle iron. I think there's one more. Pinterest fails. The top looks like beautiful art. The bottom looks like I ran out of patience. <laughs> right? But this, that bottom picture is reality, isn't it? 
Isn't that, isn't that how we do? We think we can get the top, but in reality, oftentimes our lives and the situation we're in end up in the bottom. As I was, as I was studying for this and looking through, most of what I found said that this perfection idea was something that, only, that mostly women struggled through. And I, I, think that's, I think that's partly right. But men, I think this is also something we struggle with. I think it's just it looks different for us. Instead of trying to portray the perfect thing, we try to compete with ourselves and with others, don't we? If I can just get better, if I can just stop this, it's almost like a matter of willpower. If I can just, if I can just, ah, I got to do it. It almost becomes a competition thing. I think this is something, this idea of perfection is something that we, that we all struggle with. Perfection is something we all try to project, but, we never, but none of us achieve. Perfection is one of those things we all try to project, but we never achieve. It's a facade. And, and here's the problem oftentimes with perfection. When we try to play like we've got it all together, one of the problems is we're not even honest with those people that are close, close enough to us that can actually speak into our lives. So if you and I, if we're too busy trying to put on this, this idea and trying to earn this thing with the people around us and even with God, if we're too busy trying to earn that and give this, this pretense of perfection, then we're not even willing to open up with those people that are closest to us. And the problem with that is we, we never get better because we're not willing to admit our, our faults. We all try to project it, but none of us, none of us achieve it. And so we keep trying we keep trying. We try to do better on our own. We try to get it right. We try to stop this. We try to start that. We try to lose that. We try to get that on our own. And at the end of the day, it only leaves us running in circles. Some of you today, you're, you're 65 years old and you have constantly tried to, to feel like everything was together, to feel like everything was perfect. You've, 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 you've been trying for years to feel like you deserve the love of God, that you deserve the people around you. The problem is, is you're running in circles. You're never going to get there, perfection often becomes a sense of identity for a lot of us. It becomes that thing that solidifies who we are. As long as we can, as long as we can make everybody think everything's okay, as long as we can make everybody else feel like we're the perfect mom, then I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm running in circles. I'm getting worn out, but it's okay because I make everybody seem that way. As, as, long as, I can, as long as I can make people feel like I've stopped doing that thing, or as long as I can make people, make people feel like I have it together, like I'm smart, like I know something, like I've earned something, as long as, as, long as I can make them then feel that, then I have a sense of identity. For some of you, this sense of, of perfection is why you're a control freak. Because as long as you feel like as long as you have your arms around it, and as long as everything, as long as you're able to directly be involved with everything, maybe it's things in your house, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's something at, at your work, maybe it's the, the people you, you work with, the people that you do life with, but as long as you can feel like you have everything under control, then you can try to achieve that perfect mindset that you have because it's your identity. You've placed your very value in making sure that everything was put together. For some of you, you just think, if I can just, if I can just get this right, and it's become the sense of your identity. It's become the thing that you value most. And so you think, if I can just do enough, if I can, if I can, just, if, if I can just be good enough, then everything will be okay. The problem with this is it's backwards and it's not biblical. When, when Jesus came to earth, some of you, you know this, but you haven't been living like it. When Jesus came to earth, he came as a perfect human, fully God, fully man. When he stepped foot on planet earth, he had never sinned. He had never fallen short. He had never 
failed. And so what happens as, as he lives, as he dies, as he, as he resurrects, as he goes back to, to, back to heaven with his father, what happens is in that moment when you and I, when we put our trust in who he is, in that perfect resurrected Christ, we no longer have to question our identity because if we put our trust in him, we are identified in his perfection, in his standing with God. And what we do doesn't earn that identity. What we do flows from that identity. And so if you're here and you've been trying to get there, just give up. Your identity is solidified. Who you are is solidified because Jesus, you have his name on you. Oftentimes we have it backwards. Perfection isn't something that's just a, a spiritual thing. It's, um, this pursuit of perfection is something that is... Uh, has its way in other fields as well. Um, according to, to, to psychology, I did, did a little bit of research. This is, this is what perfectionism is, is, is defined as. Perfectionism refers to self-defeating thoughts and behaviors associated with high and unrealistic goals. Perfectionism is often mistakenly seen as a desirable or even necessary for success. Perfectionist attitudes actually interfere with success. The desire to be perfect can deny you a sense of satisfaction and cause you to achieve far less than people with more realistic goals. There's three types of perfectionists that are identified. Number one is the self-oriented perfectionist. See which one of the ones of these resonate with you. The self-oriented perfectionist holds, you hold unrealistically high expectations of yourself and battle with feelings of guilt, often obsessing to the point of inefficiency. You're prone to procrastinate and struggle with deep feelings of inadequacy. The externally oriented perfectionist. You believe others expect you to be perfect and to cope with the pressure, you often use self-deprecating humor as a defense. You often feel alone, depressed, desperate because you know you will never be enough. The others oriented perfectionist. You expect others to live up to your impossible standards because you tend to lack empathy. You often tear others down or use abrasive and demeaning humor towards those who don't meet your expectations ultimately no matter how you view it perfection and is an illusion that leaves us running in circles you'll never get there you'll never be able to earn it you'll never be able to have it all together for long enough you are special you are set apart you are loved just the way you are Look at what Romans says about it. Romans 3.20. Most, many of you are going to know this, this passage. So it's for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So do you see, do you see what, what, what Paul is saying? What, what he's trying to say is he's trying to say trying to be perfect or obeying the law that law is, is being perfect. Trying to obey the law at the end of the day is a trap. Now, I know if you haven't been in church in a while, you, you, you probably haven't heard any, any preacher ever say that before. You're, you don't, don't try to be perfect. And that's what Paul is saying. Is he's saying this, this idea that you, can, that you can focus on all of the do's and all of the don'ts and get all of it perfectly aligned, Paul's saying it's never going to happen. It's wrong. You're not going to be able to do it. In other words, what he's saying is he's saying your perfection and, and, and the law isn't a marker for you to achieve, but it's a mirror for you to see. Does anybody have a mirror 
interaction time? Anybody have a mirror? Apparently no one carries mirrors anymore. I asked the first service, they're like, what's a mirror? No one has a mirror anymore because everybody does what? They look at their, at their phone. Don't make out like y'all have never turned this on selfie mode. And, right? Y'all have done that. But if I get out a mirror or if I get out a phone and I start to look at myself, But if I, if, if I start to look at myself, I, I just felt like the perfect opportunity, okay? Um, but if I start to look at myself, this, this mirror isn't going to change anything for me, is it? So I can look at it. I can see that I have this one piece of hair right here. Is that bothering anybody? Good. Um, if so, then I don't care. Um, but I can, sit, I can look at myself. I can, I, can, I can see what my hair looks like. Ladies, you can see where you need makeup, where you need extra makeup, right? You can, you can, you can get, but, but when I look in a mirror, what does it show me? It shows me the things that are right and the things that are wrong about my appearance, doesn't it? Will this mirror, will a mirror ever help fix you? Can you ever look at that mirror and demand that it sprout arms and fix my hair? No, because the mirror only shows me what I need to do. What Paul is saying is in Romans is he's saying the law, the Old Testament law, the Bible, it's to be followed, but ultimately it's not a marker for you to achieve. It's a mirror so that you can see your shortcomings, so that you can see that no matter how much you do, no matter how much you try, no matter how much you try to quit that, no matter how much you try to start that, what Paul is saying is he's saying the, 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 the law isn't a marker for you to achieve. It's a mirror for you to see your need for Jesus. That's it. Perfectionists, give up. You're never going to achieve everything that you try. You're never going to be perfect in your own way. The Bible, the law, is meant to show you your need for Jesus. And if you're in here today and you think, I have so much work to do on me, perfect, because he's already done it. Paul says, the law is not going to be achieved. You were born into this world as a sinner. And so there's no good. You can never do enough to earn back that fallen state. But you can look at who Jesus is. You can look at the law. You can look at scripture. You can look at the mirror. And once you identify yourself and see who's in the mirror, and that is a child deeply loved by God, and if you're a, child, and if you're a Jesus follower, you can look at it and you can say, my identity is secure in Jesus now. What do I need to change so I look more like him? Some of us have it, have it backwards. Paul says you can't, you can't do it. Jesus did not die to make bad people good. He, gave, he died to give hopeless people hope. This is number one goal. The Great Commission is not go and make everybody behave and then I'll love them. No, it's go and make disciples of all nations. Tell them about my love and then baptize them in my name. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. It doesn't say for God so loved the world that he came and he waited for them to clean up and then he would give his life. No. It shows us that we need Jesus. You're as messed up as I am. Some of you today feel terrible because you've lived a lot of your life not in a relationship with Jesus and the reason's been not because you can't buy into it and you can't believe it, it's because you've been trying to clean yourself up. 
thinking that then, and when I start to get most of this right, when I quit this and when I start this, when I quit looking at that thing, when I stop doing, doing this thing, then I'll accept Christ because then he can do something with me. And so right now, if, if you were honest, you would say, I'm not a follower of Jesus because I've been waiting to try to get it right myself. It's never going to happen. For the next few moments, and I promise we're not going to be like 1230 getting out of here, okay? Y'all hold on. But I want to talk from the subject of I give up. I give up. All that was intro. Y'all are nervous, aren't you? Y'all are really nervous. All right, let's dive in. I promise, okay? I give up. Here's the truth I want us to wrap our, our minds around today. If you only remember one thing, if you only write one thing down today, this is it. My value isn't based on my performance. My value isn't based on my performance. My value isn't based on my performance. Look at somebody around you and say, my value isn't based on my performance. Or just say it out loud to yourself. My value isn't based on my performance. It's not about your performance. It's not, it's not based on that. We're going to be in Luke 10. And in Luke 10, Mary and, Mary and Martha, if, you, if you've been in church for a while, you, you kind of know this story, but Mary and Martha have a brother named Lazarus who would later be raised from the dead by Jesus, but they're kind of some family friends of Jesus. And so one, one day, Jesus is going through the town of, of Mary and Martha. And so he stops by to have dinner. And there's a contrast between Mary and Martha that Jesus kind of points out here and that I want us to see today so that we can maybe gather some things about this perfectionist mentality and how to give up. Luke 10, starting in verse 38. So it says, Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Verse 40. But Martha, we'll call her Pinterest Martha, was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me, uh, left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. So let me set the stage for you, Okay. Jesus, the Savior of the world. Mary knows there's something unique about Jesus, okay? But Jesus, the Savior of the world, the one who knit Mary together in her womb. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. In other words, Jesus had always existed, the creator of every single thing. Stops by, is going through town one day, stops by her house and is going to have dinner with her. And Martha, get this, Martha never really even talks to him and misses it. Jesus is in her house, but Martha is stuck in the kitchen. Do, 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 you, do you see the problem with that? Do you see how, how her perfection men mentality is, is getting it wrong? Here's, here's the first thing that I think we have to learn if we're going to move past this perfectionist mentality, is we have to give up on the distraction of perfection. It's a distraction, Jesus, it says, Martha was distracted by the preparations that had to be done. We have to give up on the distraction of perfection because that's what it becomes in your life, isn't it? It begins to, begins to run it. Now, I think Martha oftentimes gets a bad rep in this story. I've got to be honest, okay? Normally, when you, when you hear this passage taught on, you hear that Martha is the really bad one and Mary is the really good one because she's at the feet of Jesus. But I think Martha gets a bad rep because some of you, as you read this, some of you have always thought, well, I'm glad somebody was willing to do it. Martha, she, if, if she, Martha hadn't been in the kitchen, nobody would, right? Some of you are thinking that, aren't you? 
And, and you know what? I agree. I agree. I think she gets a terrible reputation when it comes to this story. And, and here's what I really think. I don't think Jesus is condemning Martha's willingness to work. I don't think he's condemning your willingness to try to give your family all of you. I don't think he's condemning your willingness to try to ha- try harder. I don't think he's condemning your willingness to try to stop that sin. But here's what Jesus is telling Martha in this story. He's not saying, come out of the kitchen, nobody do anything, let's just have raw fish and, and some, and some half-cooked bread. He's not saying that. He's not condemning Martha's work. He's condemning Martha's view of her work. Because the Savior of the world has made a pit stop at Martha's house and she's missing it to make sure everything is perfect. Some of you have, have been there, haven't you? You made sure for the birthday party, you made sure the cups matched the napkins, you made sure the napkins matched the plates, you made sure the theme was perfect, you made sure everybody got a party favor on their way home, you made sure the guests showed up right at the right time, you made sure the pizza was still hot when when it got there, but yet you can't remember anything about your your three-year-old's birthday party because you were so busy trying to make sure it was perfect that you forgot to actually be there. Right? Sometimes we're so busy doing that we forget to be. It's where, it's where Martha, Martha is. Some of us are so worn out because you've been trying to do everything without ever, take, ever taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the more and more people that I talk to, especially, it seems like every, every year, it seems like more and more people are just tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I hear so many people talk about how tired they are and that's very true and I'm not dismissing that but I think some of us are tired because we've been trying to chase this idea of perfection, this idea that everything will eventually be taken care of, everything will eventually go away but we've never taken time to sit at the feet of Jesus and fill up. We've been so busy doing. It's not that we need more sleep, it's just we need to be more. The distraction of perfection. How many times have we missed out on relationship because we were too busy making things perfect? How many times have you missed out on talking to God about something because you felt like you had to stop doing something first? You've been too embarrassed by your sin because you've got this idea that I have to be perfect that I can't talk to him unless I'm not doing this thing or unless I've stopped this thing. We miss out on relationship because we're distracted by perfection. The chase of perfection not only affected Martha's relationship with Jesus, but it also affected her relationship with Mary, didn't it? She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me, right? So now not only is she trying to achieve this thing, she's busy working, but now she's turned on her sister Mary, hasn't she? That's, that's oftentimes what we do when we adopt this perfectionist mentality, this controlling mentality, is we get, we get mad at everyone else who isn't thinking like us. And we begin to, to, to reflect it and deflect it onto other people, don't we? You voluntarily stay after work four days in a row. What happens by day four? You're like, these scrubs, where are they? Right? 
Am I right? Because you've set a standard in your mind and you've given yourself a standard that no one put on you, but because you did it to yourself, it affects how you treat other people and then you reflect it on them, don't you? Jesus, tell Mary to get up and come in the kitchen and help me make this cornbread. Jesus, can you please tell my sister Mary, I've tried to tell her she used to do this growing up. It drove me crazy. Can you please tell her to get up off the floor, quit looking at you, and come on in here and whip these taters? That, you know that's what she's saying. And so she's trying to disrupt someone else from spending time with Jesus because she's so busy trying to be perfect. So, Martha is distracted, but Jesus has some other words for Mary. Verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, Jesus is saying, give it up. Give up. Give up even trying to make it perfect. Always choose relationship over perfection. That's what Mary is doing. Choose relationship over perfection. Can you imagine where Mary is at this moment? When Martha comes running in, Mary is, is at the feet of Jesus. She is so focused on Jesus. None of that other stuff probably even matters, does it? But the, but the problem becomes when we're so focused on all of that other stuff and then we miss Jesus. Jesus is telling Martha, 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 thank you so much. I was hungry. Somebody needed to cook. Somebody had to do it. But can you just come in here and spend a little time with me? Can we just be together? Perfectionist person running after what you can attain on your own, Jesus is telling you today, please, please, please choose relationship over perfection. The kids may have mismatched clothes one day, but at least you spent some extra time with them today. Yes, you may still cuss a little. All the y'all who laugh do. Yes, you may still cuss a little, but I am so enamored with you spending time with me every morning. Jesus is telling you, stop chasing perfection. Chase after me. Let me change you from the inside out. All of that other stuff will melt away, by the way. Your language will reflect the relationship with Jesus. You will stop that thing that you've been doing for so long that you've been trying. It will happen, but you've got to choose relationship over the perfection in order to get it done. You can't do it on your own. You can't earn it. You can't earn their approval. You can't earn their love. You can't have it all together. Stop striving after it and just start striding with Jesus. Mary has chosen the right thing. She's chosen relationship. So what does it mean in today's culture to sit at the feet of Jesus? I mean, we can't, obviously, we can't sit at the literal feet of Jesus, but what does it mean? Number one, I think it means to give up on, on perfection. It means to give up. 
And I know that sounds weird coming, in church, coming into church and hearing that, but literally it means, to, it means give up. Let go. Find freedom in his grace. You, do you know what, bug, what really browns my nanners? <laughs> it's when somebody tells me that I can't do something I want to do. Doesn't it, doesn't it, you? It bugs me when there's a sign that says, do not touch. Do you know what I really want to do? I want to touch it. If I can just touch it one time, <laughs> find out it doesn't do anything. Do you know that makes oftentimes when we're told what to do, and we have, we're, we're set with all that stuff, it makes us do that very thing. Part of giving up is to realize that I have complete freedom in Christ. I'm gonna mess it up, I'm gonna touch that thing, I'm gonna do the wrong thing, but I have the grace of Jesus. Just relax. Now don't do anything stupid, but just relax. You have freedom because of Jesus. Give up on perfection. It also means to choose relationship over perfection. To just be. When is the last time you didn't have anything you wanted to accomplish and you just were? Some of you are like, 1985. Maybe it's take a few hours and you just listen to some worship music and maybe it's you just spend some time with your family. In our culture today, we are so seeking after perfection that oftentimes we just forget to be. Mary, I can imagine, is she's just sitting there. She's not checking her watch. She's not asking Martha, Martha, when's the, when, when's the cornbread going to be done? She's just She's just sitting with Jesus because, because she could. So how do we practice this? I like to make things practical. How do we do that? Number one, set your priorities. Set your priorities. What does that, what does that mean? It means spending time sitting at the feet of Jesus intentionally. I won't go in, into all of it, but maybe that means you get up in the morning and, and you, you pray. Maybe you listen to the Bible on the way to work, maybe you listen to a sermon on the way to work, whatever it is, start somewhere, and I'd be happy to walk you through that if you want to call this week, but just, it, means, it means setting your priorities, it means you sit at the feet of Jesus before you start your day, you sit at the feet of Jesus before you try to do the other things, because there's, there's something about doing what Mary did, being at the feet of Jesus and seeing who Jesus is. Seeing him in his perfection and hearing his word and hearing how he speaks purpose over you and just reading that and hearing that, there's something about that that sets the standard for the rest of your day. So just sit at the feet of, seat of Jesus. Set your priorities. Number two, accept your limitations. Here's the thing. You can't do it. Mom, wife, child, you can't do it. You're never going to do enough for them to think you're perfect. You're never going to do enough for you to think you're perfect. There's always going to be something else out there. 
There's always going to be more to accomplish. There's always going to be something else to get situated. You can't do it. Accept your limitations. Know that the creator of the universe is happy with you. And if not everybody else is, it's okay. It's okay that they don't like the way you're dressed. It's okay they don't like the way you parent. It's okay that they don't like the way you dress your kids. It's okay that they don't like the, the things that you say or the, or the things you spend your time on. It's okay. Don't be a jerk about it, but it's okay. Accept your limitations. You walk in freedom, not in perfection. There was a, I don't know who the f- quote first originated with, but there was a, a pastor from way back in the day that would say, I have nothing to prove and no one to impress. I have nothing to prove. No one to impress. That's your case. You have nothing to prove. Earlier I read Romans 3.20. It says, For no one can be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. In other words, the law is just a mirror that shows us how messed up we are. But look at two verses later. Look at what verse 22 says. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for who? This is true for who? Everyone, Everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So to recap, Paul in the book of Romans, in a span of two verses, says you aren't perfect. You are messed up. You're never going to accomplish it. You're never going to get there. Things are never going to be right. You're always going to be broken. You're always going to have things about yourself that you need to change. But that's okay because two verses later, he says, it's okay for you to be messed up if you give up and accept the fact that all that does is pushes you to Jesus. Paul says, there is a price that's been paid. Perfection has been gotten. All you have to do is trust in it. You don't have to chase after it. You don't have to go get it. All you have to do is relinquish control of your life to it. Jesus is the only way to perfection. And when you hear, yes, When you hear, when you hear Jesus say, I just want to be with you, suddenly it doesn't matter what Susie at work thinks. But you got to set your priorities. You got to accept your limitations. You got to give up. It's okay to stumble as you walk. Every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment. There's some people in the room this morning, and you've been, you haven't ever accepted Christ. And for some of you, it's not because you feel like you've, you've messed up too much. For some of you, it's, because you don't want to change anything about yourself. Because if I look in the mirror and I see my flaws, change has to come. So to hear the words that Jesus accepts you just the way you are and then he will do the changing is freedom to you. So if you're in the room this morning and you've never accepted Christ, 
just in the quietness of your heart, you can say it out loud. We don't care. We just love that you say it. And you need to invite him into your life to say, Jesus, I'm tired of trying. I give up. I'm not going to ever get there. So I don't know how it all works, but I do believe you. You came, you lived, you died, and you rose, and I surrender my life to you, whatever that looks like. Would you come in and help me learn what it means to walk with you? I surrender, I give you my everything. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye still closed, I, I, I didn't do this first service, but if you're in here this morning and you are struggling with this idea of perfection and not being good enough, would you raise your hand? Amazing. With your hand still raised, I just want to pray over you. God, thank you so much for the honesty in this room. Lord, I declare over these people's lives that they are free from that spirit of perfection, that they are free from having to live up to a standard that's not set by you, but that's set by man. And Lord, I pray that over the next week, over the next month, as they lean into that, as they lean into who you are, as they set their priorities, as as they accept their limitations, as they give up, God, I pray that you would flood them like never before with a sense of purpose, a sense of freedom, and a sense of awe of you. Lord, help for us to walk in new ways because we accept our limitations and we accept who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us purpose. Thank you for giving us identity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.